Welcome to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast, a product of Talent 409. I am your host, Colin Cernelia. Thank you for joining us today. Go to talent409.com to learn more about how we can help your team or organization with their leadership and culture development. This podcast is available on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Radio.com, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. Please consider taking a minute and on Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and review. Doing this helps other dynamic leaders find us, and it helps us find other dynamic leaders. And don't forget, you can now ask Alexa to play your favorite Apple Podcasts on any Amazon-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, play the Dynamic Leaders Podcast. Getting Dynamic Leaders with Colin Cherniglia from Apple Podcasts. On to my featured conversation. Today, I had an opportunity to speak with Nate Daniels. Nate is the president and founder of the Daniels Sports Performance Academy in Virginia. His athletic background includes playing up through college football, where he was a four-year starter for the Furum Panthers. We talk about that. We talk about him being a captain and his leadership style. Plus, we talk about the work he is now doing with the next generation over at the Sports Performance Academy. And finally, we discuss why we want to be defined by how we come back and not our fall. Let's get right into this conversation and let's discover our talent altitude. Here is my talk with Nate Daniels. Dynamic Leaders Podcast. Today on the line with me, I have Nate Daniels. Nate, thank you so much for joining the show. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Colin, for having me. I'm excited to to be with you this morning. Awesome. I'm excited to hear that you're excited and we have so much to get to throughout the course of our conversation today. So let's dive right into everything. And first, as always with my guests, I want to give you an opportunity to tell the listening audience a bit about yourself. So please tell us, who are you? Absolutely. Uh, like you said, I'm Nate Daniels. I'm currently the owner of Daniels Sports Performance, which is a sports performance training company. We specialize in training athletes of all sports, functional strength coach. We do speed, agility, and quickness. Pretty much focus on developing all aspects of athleticism uh, to try to help our athletes uh, maximize whatever athletic ability they have and to reach whatever athletic goals that they've uh, set out in front of them. I'm a former professional athlete. Um, I played about six years professional in the Arena Football League, had some uh, NFL free agent opportunities as well, rookie camps and things of that nature, but found a home in a professional indoor game. So I definitely enjoyed that. And throughout my athletic career, I had so many people that assisted me and guided me. Um, And so now it's just so rewarding for me to be able to help this next generation that had the same dreams and goals that I had uh, to be able to do the same thing. Uh, So I love what I do. I'm extremely passionate about it. 
Awesome. It's so great to hear another former athlete want to give back in the way that you have. And we're certainly going to spend a lot of time talking a little bit more about that and everything that you're doing with your business. But first, I want to go back a little bit and talk about your upbringings. And I'm just curious as to how important sports were to you growing up. Like, was it something that you always loved, always had a passion for? Definitely. Um, just like most athletes, as far back as I can remember, uh, you know, I was bouncing a ball, catching a ball, kicking a ball. I was a, a, a son of an, an army army uh, sergeant. So we did the military thing and moved around, had the European tour and the whole deal. And anybody that's had a military parent knows exactly what I'm talking about. So, you know, while in Europe, the first sport that I picked up was soccer. You know, I was, I was a big, big soccer guy and, and, and basketball shortly after. Uh, so sports were a huge part of my, my upbringing um, and growing up and playing in the neighborhood and a way to meet friends. And uh, So, yeah, growing up. And then when I came back to the States, um, you know, it was an awesome way for me to meet friends and, and to be a part of teams and, and, and things of that nature. So it was huge and it taught me so much and provided so many opportunities as I, as I was growing up. So do you feel like because you grew up in a military background that you were uniquely positioned for some of the challenges that not only sports throws at you, but life throws at you? Because most people I talk to, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but most people I talk to who come up with some type of military background, if their parents were in the Army, the Navy, whatever it may be, they have a level of discipline that I don't know many of us have when we're 10, 11, 12 years old. So do you think that just in general, maybe discipline is one of those traits, but other attributes that you were able to gain because you had a parent who had that background? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, in, anyone that has a, a parent that is in the military sees how regimented they are and how disciplined they are and how structured they are. And that definitely in all aspects in sports, definitely, but uh, it can transition over into life. Anyone that has any level of success, no matter what platform they're on or, or, or what uh, walk of life they're in, if you have those traits, it's going to help you to be successful uh, because not everyone possesses them or has the tenacity to sustain them. Uh, everyone will go through periods of motivation or inspiration, but to be able to sustain and in consistency is a huge part of being successful. So watching you know, my father uh, as I grew up, to see how disciplined he was and regimented he was every day, I picked up those traits and, and, and led me and helped me as I moved forward throughout many aspects of my life, but, you know, what I'm doing now as well. Absolutely. Can we focus on structure a little bit more? Because you brought that up as one of the aspects that you picked up on and that you learn and, and take with you now. Structure, I see as something that is important. It's, I feel like it's much like anything in life, like too much of it obviously is probably not the right thing. And I've heard from a number of athletes and I think I myself went through this and maybe you did too, where when you're growing up and you're playing athletics, especially like when you get into college, everything is structured out for you. Like you're told when to come to the weight room, when to come for practice, when to come for film study time, you're told when to go to class even, and it's all structured. And then you get into the working world. And, and for a lot of us, it's not quite as structured anymore. And people seem to tend to struggle with that transition a little bit. How do you, how do you use that structure muscle? to your advantage in an atmosphere where 
all that structure that you're used to may not be necessary. Have you ever experienced something like that before? Well, yeah, uh, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Some would say that, yeah, that, that would be a tough transition going from a lot of structure to none. And some would say you've been conditioned. You know what I mean? And you, when you get used to a certain lifestyle or way of life and a way of thinking, because as many people know, life is a lot about mindset, how you view things. Uh, you know, in, in, as far as me and my perspective is, I, I was kind of conditioned to that structure. And once those pillars were put in place and that structure was put in place, that actually assists me and helps me because I am used to being regimented. I'm used to being goal oriented. Um, I'm used to putting a plan together and, and striving to achieve that and being hyper competitive to get that done and accomplished. So, you know, everybody has their own experience and own, own way to look at that. But I definitely look at it as a complete asset and advantageous. Everything that I've done with, with sports and watching my father's as far as that structure, I, I take it as a complete advantage. Um, and I've always looked at it that way. And because of that structure and that discipline, I'm used to it. I wouldn't know how to be any other way, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, you know, even when you do have free time, you sometimes feel like, wow, I think I should be doing something. Right. Uh, and you, sometimes you even have to structure free time, as <laughs> funny as that may sound. Okay, I'm, I'm turning everything off right now, you know, uh, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I can I completely see it as an asset. I've never looked at it as anything other than that. But again, everybody has their own perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. I could uh, totally relate to having to structure out free time, fun time, that that type of stuff. I feel like as an individual, I'm I'm far less spontaneous than someone like my wife, for example, who right. is a little bit more free flowing, and and it's it's good in some ways, and it keeps me keeps me honest. But for the most part, I'm I'm much like you. I I want that structure. I I don't necessarily need the structure, but I I like it. All right. So uh, you played, as you mentioned, college football, pretty decorated career as well. In, in college, you are Hall of Famer uh, for the firm Panthers. Can you talk to me a little bit about what that experience was like? Because you were a four-year starter, and I'm sure you saw a number of different things that just playing so many games and being on the field so much that you were able to pick up on that you could take with you to the next level. But what specifically about college really stuck, stood out to you? Uh, yeah, so my experience, um, as you can see by my smile when I think about college, <laughs> was, it, was, it was amazing. Uh, my experience um, at Ferrum College and being a Panther was an amazing experience. Um, and it pretty much started with how the coaches took you in and created a family. And Ferrum's a small school. So we, we take care of our own. And it was an amazing experience. As soon as I got on campus, and I, I just felt like it was home. The coaches weren't just concerned about me as, a, as an athlete, but as a person, what I wanted to do and helping me to be a, a good young man. You know, even so that was one of the biggest things that I, that I took away from my experience was just how they prepared me, you know, for the real world and made it so much more than sports. And ever since I came up, I've always been taught it's, it's more than sports. Um, sports is a vehicle, but it's so much more than sports. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. I had great teammates, tremendous coaches. The whole campus, teachers, administrators were always so good to me, caring, understanding anything that I needed you know, was there to provide me with opportunities to achieve whatever goals and dreams that, you know, aspire to. Uh, but specifically with football, you know, I, as soon as I, like you had alluded to, as soon as I stepped on campus, it was like, 
let's go. <laughs> I didn't have any ramp up time. You know, I was a four year starter, started every game at, at Barham College. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, ask me about that. Wow, what was that like to start from day one? And just like I had alluded to with the structure, I'd never known anything different. <laughs> you know, so I, I've sure. been making plays since I was a little boy. And I thought it would just kind of continue in it. And it did. I was blessed and fortunate you know, to have a, a solid career, very good career at, at Barham College. And it provided me some great opportunities and led to some professional opportunities. Um, and I'm definitely forever grateful for it. That's awesome. And I love how you talked about when you stepped on campus and more appropriately when you got to the football program, that it felt like a family to you almost immediately. The coaches conducted that type of environment. Can you talk to us a little bit about what specifically made you feel that way? Like what were some of the the ways that they cultivated that? Maybe there were things that you did together. Can you give us a little bit more insight into that? Definitely. Well, it was just how interested and vested they were into me as a person. You know, it's very easy as a college football coach to be caught up because let's be honest, you're judged on your program wins and losses. Sure. Yeah, there are some other things that you are judged on, but you're, you're there and you're hired to win football games and to cultivate a winning um, environment uh, for your program. And most universities, football is the, the crown jewel uh, of that university or institution. There are some with basketball maybe, but it normally is football or basketball. Um, so a lot of times your perception of your college and university can be, can be significantly altered for good or for bad by the success of that athletic program and and specifically the football program. So it's very easy for them to just get caught up in that and just be completely consumed with you as a football player, but just so many conversations about what I wanted to do and how they could help me, how they could help me achieve it. Checking on me when they didn't have to, the study hall sessions, bringing me in, calling me in my dorm, making sure I was all right. Did I, you know, was I taking care of myself? How's home? Asking me about my family, realizing that life is more than just playing ball. You know, there's a person behind that athlete. Uh, and that's what, uh, you know, the coaches over at, you know, at Fairham College did. Uh, tremendous head coach, Coach Davis, Dave Davis, and uh, my defensive coordinator, Coach Harper. They were just tremendous taking me in. And I could name several others. Uh, <laughs> Again, they provided, again, I have a, a tremendous father and uh, no one would ever take his place. Uh, I'm very blessed with that. But they were father figures, you know, that made you feel that way, that you, they treated you like you were a nephew or a son or, or anything else. And uh, definitely forever, forever grateful for that. Absolutely. That's so cool to hear because, as you mentioned, a lot of times it it's really easy to get caught up in the wins and losses because at the end of the day, that's really, especially in a revenue building sport, like you mentioned, football and basketball, typically that's what you're judged on. So it's really cool to hear that. And I'm, I'm sure obviously the winning was important too, but that some of those other aspects of, of everything really took hold and, and made you feel as though you were at home and, and that they cared about you in the same way that your parents cared about you growing up. So really cool to hear. Now, when when did you get an idea maybe in college that you could play at the next level? Was there any inclination? Were you talking to folks in, in any of these professional leagues? Well, yeah, so... When I got to school, I always had that dream, just like most anyone that put a helmet on. They, you know, they always had the dream to play professionally. Uh, so I always had that dream. But I would say when it became pretty realistic that I'd have some opportunities was probably beginning of my junior year. 
Okay. You know, I already started to hear some whispers about some scouts and, you know, tapes going out and some interest in, about things. And I, you know, I'd hear some whispers and there were some conversations that would go on about my aspirations and what I wanted to do. And so I started to hear some things, you know, about my junior year, you know, I was playing, playing pretty well, making some plays. And then, you know, going into my senior year, I knew that this was, I had the bullseye. You know, I knew that this was a legitimate opportunity for me and that I would follow in my senior year, barring injury or, or anything unforeseen, that I was going to have some opportunities at the NFL level or CFL, Arena Football League. It was a matter of where I would be having those opportunities, not if, because I had uh, just made enough plays and I had the height and the size and the, the measurables, as they call it, <laughs> those kind of prototype of my position and, the, you know, in, in that time period the bigger defensive back was starting to be uh, something that people were looking for. Uh, so the, I, I fit those, you know, six foot, you know, 200 pound corner. They could run and good feet, good hips. I, I fit those kind of, that mold. So I did sure. have some opportunities, man. So following my senior year, I started to pursue those. What do you think looking back on it? So I've had a few different professionals on and, and I'm always interested the difference between the recruiting process from high school into college versus we'll call it the recruiting process from college into the pros. Obviously it's not as much of a recruiting process as it is. You get selected potentially by somebody and you say, okay, I'm going to go play for you. So uh, what, what were some of the big differences for you? Wow. Um, so that (laughs) it's a big difference, man. It completely changes everything. I, I, it's probably the difference between as a kid hugging a teddy bear like in high school and then when you get to college hugging a teddy bear and then when you go to the pros hugging a cactus. <laughs> I mean, it's that, it's that uh, much of a change as far as the environment. It's such a nurturing environment at the high school level and with the boosters and cheerleaders and things of that nature. You go to college, it's kind of kind of emulated but on a bigger stage. But when you go take that step from amateur to professional, it is it is everything that you would imagine as far as it's a business. Sure. It, anybody that tells you anything otherwise has no experience with the process. You know, it is way more than just your ability to play the game. It is, it is a business. And that is a transition. And so when you are pursuing the, you know, the professional opportunities, and again, all of this is depending on who you are, where you're coming from and all that stuff. But when you're pursuing that, it, it is a, it's a tough, it's a tough process that you have to be prepared for. And hopefully you have a good agent and a good team around you that has prepared for. And I was fortunate. I had a great agent, uh, Rick Schaefer, and he was agent for Chris Warren, which at one point was the highest paid running back in NFL. He's on the hall of fame ballot for this year and, and um, coaches and things that prepared me. But basically you have to have a unshakable belief in yourself because you're going to be highly critiqued, critiqued harder than you ever have. You've always been told, man, you walk on water. You're the greatest <laughs> thing we've ever seen at the youth level, high school level, uh, college level. But when you get to the professional level, you look around and everybody was an All-American. Everybody was a high school Hall of Famer or a college Hall of Famer. And to make that step, you have to have an unshakable belief in yourself and your ability and that is what's going to carry you through because you're going to meet a lot of adversity when you're going to these uh, free agent camps or individual workouts or rookie camps or you're, you're going through workouts trying to be signed by these organizations. So let's do a little bit of a self-assessment, if you don't mind. How would you say you've 
looking back now would rate yourself as far as that unshakable confidence and just your overall professional career? Were, were there things that you did really well? Were there things that you look back on now that you wish you had done a little bit differently? What does the overall scope of that career look like to you now? Um, looking back on it, I was always a super confident athlete. You know, I was never one that was uh, needed needed a, an ego stroke, if, if you will. I always believed in my ability. I was definitely one of those guys that was a playmaker that found themselves around the football or, or you know, in any sport that I played. I played the ball. But, uh, so I had extreme confidence. The one thing that I really wish that I could, if I had to go back and talk to, you know, the 21, 23-year-old uh, Nate, uh, that would be the perseverance through injury. You know, I, okay. I caught a little bit of the injury bug. I was uh, an Ironman coming all the way through youth ball, high school, and college, but doing the professional thing, I got a little bit of the injury bug, and that's tough. There's a lot more leeway when you're at the young, younger levels, but when you're injured at the professional level, the uh, organization will move on very, very quickly. So, you know, I had, had I was injured, you know, my lower leg, my foot, and had to have surgery on that. That was during an, an NFL opportunity um, and then went into the arena football league, had some hamstring issues. And it's tough for a young guy having to fight through those injuries when you're on the sideline um, and having to rehab and then come back and then you're injured and rehab and come back. So that would be the biggest thing. If I could go back and, and, and handle those a little bit better, because you get down, it's sure. just hard. Um, when you want to be out on the field or you feel like you should be out on the field or, or have more opportunities than you should and, you, and you're dealing with injury, that's rough. And so that would be the biggest thing I wish I could handle a little bit better. Hey everyone, Christine here to talk about a sponsor of this show, my own business, Sweat With Stods. Head over to sweatwithstods.com to get the workout that suits your needs, whether you work out at home, in the gym, or you're brand new to fitness, there's something for everyone. Podcast listeners also get a special discount with code DYNAMIC at checkout, so be sure to head on over there after this. Thanks, and back to the show. So obviously looking back, it's easy to say that you could do things differently, but looking forward now, have you been able to take that moment of adversity where you went through those Actually, I'm glad you brought this up because it was one of the things I was thinking about. You had mentioned you started every game in college and I was thinking to myself, wow, you, you must have been pretty injury free throughout that that whole time. And then you get to the professional levels and you say you deal with some injuries. So uh, and now looking forward in, in your business and in your life now, have you been able to learn from that moment of adversity and be able to, as you mentioned earlier, just change your mindset towards anything that comes in your way? Definitely. Uh, there's there's so many things that you take from sports and athletics that you can apply to your life in general and even more specifically with, with business. The perseverance, the determination, the work ethic, everything that I learned from all of those experiences shaped me and molded me as a, as a man and, and as a business owner, especially the hyper-competitiveness, your, your, your ability to just compete every day and be okay with being knocked down and that actually motivates you to get up and press forward. Um, that's the biggest piece that I learned. If I had to break it down into one thing that I learned from sports, it's just, just to love competition and the, just the game and, and the friction and then just to keep moving forward. You know, you learn in sports and a coach told me a long time ago, every closed door is not locked. Sometimes you got to push it. 
You know, you, you got to push it open. And, and that's what you learn through athletics because you go through so much. You go through so much as a young person um, and all of those experiences. There's so many, it's hard to name. Build you as a character, build your integrity, build your perseverance. And all of that is transferred into your, you know, your daily life and in business. And I, and I use all of it every, every day. When did you feel like as though your professional athletic career was coming towards an end? Was it really the injuries that started piling up that said, hey, I might need to look towards something different? Or was there something else that triggered the end of your career? Right. That, that's such an interesting question. I talk about that a, a lot with not just with professionals that are ending their career, but some kids' careers ended high school, at sure. college, yes. and all athletes struggle with that ending. Yes. I don't care if you're Tom Brady, at some point, he's got to <laughs> stop, and it's going to be hard on him. With me specifically, um, and with every athlete, they come to it in a different way. I just didn't want to do it anymore. Okay. You know, I came to a point in my career where I felt like I had apexed. And I, and I had had a great season. Um, I was about 27 and a half years old and I'd had a, a six year career professionally. And I felt like I'd accomplished everything that, you know, that I could accomplish at that point in my career. And when you have that feeling, um, as an athlete, and you've probably heard athletes refer to this before, where you don't have the desire to prepare like yes. you used to. That's when it's time to kind of step back. So I stepped back and kind of looked at it, and I was fortunate and blessed to want to do some other things. There was other things that I wanted to do, and I'd already had a head start on the training, uh, training of athletes, and and I had a vision and a dream of how I could transition. Um, some athletes hang on a little bit too long because they don't really know what else that they want to do. Right. But I was excited for the next uh, phase of my you know of my life, and I felt like that I was comfortable with the things that I'd accomplished and I was grateful for the things that I accomplished and I was at peace. And uh, so uh, my last game it was a playoff game. I, I actually got player of the, the game that game from the broadcast station. And I, I received that award in the middle of the field as they announced it. And I was like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> this is a great way. And, and I'm out. I thought about the off season and I, and I felt that I, w I was ready and I was excited to move on into the next, next phase. Yeah. That's a positive note to move on from. And, and I'm glad that you were also just able to get there on your own and, and be comfortable and confident in that decision. Cause like you said, it can be such a struggle no matter what level you're at in uh, it's it's just an identity crisis for a lot of people. So it's uh, it's awesome to hear that you were able to make that transition. Now, when you do transition out, did you immediately start up the business or were you trying to figure things out in between the end of your athletic career? And then how, how did that all work out? Right. So as far as uh, my business, I initially uh, started uh, Daniel Sports Performance when I was playing. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, as an entity, I wasn't doing it full time or anything like that. And, sure. You know, you know, didn't have a facility and all that. I was, I was grinding, man. I was out on fields. I was going to schools. You know, I was, I was doing all that uh, because so many parents would approach me and say, "Hey, can you help Johnny or Billy get better?" You know, people that I knew from my community back in high school and things of that nature. So um, I got my certifications as a young guy. I was, you know, twenty three. 
23, 24 years old. I trained in every gym you could imagine, you know, Gold's Gym, and American Family, you know, Lifetime Fitness. So I worked at so many different camps, football camps, I, I you know, interned at sports performance facilities. So, you know, I put in work, man. I, I put in work, and a lot of times people see you where you're at and they think you just appeared there <laughs> and you just dropped there. But yeah, so I've been working with athletes for over 15 years, man. This has been, and I've, I've learned from so many great mentors. And so when I was playing, I would be training in the off season, not just athletes, but personal training, regular, regular Joe's as well. Sure. I, I said it every YMCA, every facility you could think of. So I always knew that when I finished playing and I could really put my focus in it, that this is what I wanted to do. When I initially stopped playing in, as a transition until I got to where I could, you know, you know, get a facility and things of that nature, I did some work at a juvenile detention home. You know, I, I'm very passionate about uh, young people and impacting young people in any way that I can. Um, so, you know, I worked there and was promoted very quickly, became an administrator. But all that time, I knew at some point. I knew what I wanted to do with my life and I slowly started building a plan to, to make that happen. And then I transitioned to where I was doing it full time and, and working with athletes of all levels, young, young, high school, college, and even had some uh, professionals as well. Awesome. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about the business then. Obviously uh, you've been uh, now building on it for a few years and, and it's had a lot of success. What are some of the main aspects? Definitely. Um, so, like I said, we um, sports performance. Uh, we do all aspects of sports performance develop and uh, and try to develop athletes and all their the aspects of athleticism, uh, speed, agility, and quickness, strength development, uh, sports specific conditioning, um, and even with some of our football players. Even though we try athletes of all sports, with some of our football players, we do position specific stuff, fundamentals and techniques for those specific positions. So this is a super exciting time because. To this point, I've been training out of other facilities, basically leasing space out of other facilities to this point. And I'm super excited for the first time opening up my own facility here next week. Uh, and I can't tell you, uh, again, how excited and pumped up I am to have a home of uh, my own uh, for all my athletes to come in and to get some work in and get done. So I'm super pumped up about that. So we'll be doing a ribbon cutting next week. Um, and then doing the grand opening celebration uh, next month. But I will be doing a little bit of training in there this this month as well. But, yeah, I just can't tell you. It's been a lifetime dream and, and <laughs> super rewarding and, and uh, thankful and grateful to uh, accomplish that. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. I'm, I'm super excited for you, too. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more because it was something that you had mentioned. And it's definitely something that I notice happens often. And, and I think this culminates really well with the grand opening of, of you getting your own space and just understanding that where you are today isn't where you've always been. And that doesn't mean that what you've done in the past isn't as good as what you're going to do in the future. And a lot of folks see finished products, if you will, or they see people who are successful and they think that they've been there the whole time. But for you and in, in I'm sure you know this, you've had to grind to get there. And you've talked about this. You were working when you were playing professional football during the off season, you were getting your certifications, you were training people. So you were grinding even when you were a professional athlete. Can you talk a little bit specifically about 
the grind and what that really takes. And, and I'm sure that there's been some bumps in your road. I know there's been some bumps in mine, but uh, just talk about the grind and, and how you've been able to get through that aspect of everything. Yeah, well, you, you definitely hit on it, uh, especially in this era of social media, because uh, with social media, it, it, I, I, I love social media as far as some of the things that it can do. It gives people platforms to express themselves. It gets great information out there. It's a learning tool for a lot of, of people for, for knowledge and inspiration and motivation. So there's so many positives. But one of the possible negatives, depending on the way you look at it, is people see what People want you to see. Right. They see what appears to be finished products. Uh, and so when someone may, you know, follow you on a social media account, they'll see where you're at, but didn't see me 15 years ago out on a field when it was freezing 20 <laughs> degrees with a stocking cap, you know, a scully on, you know, with Under Armour all over myself working in fields or out there in 100 degree weather and training in two or three guys. They don't, they didn't see that. They weren't there with me through that journey. A lot of times, People see, uh, uh, you know, people at the top of a mountain and they think they just landed there. Like there was a whole ascension there. There was the grind is is a process um, and there's no way really to skip that process. And, and when you're talking about that is when you have a goal, you know, or, or a dream or an aspiration. There's a process to get there and it starts with a vision. And when you have that vision, after that vision, you have to lay out a plan. Now. Rarely does that plan ever have work out on the timeline that you see in your head for yourself, <laughs> but you have to understand that and embrace that journey and be excited by the challenges that come with it. Because whatever plan you lay out, whenever I'm speaking with young entrepreneurs or young people in general, is it will never go to plan. Sure. Uh, there's very few people that set out a plan and it just works out perfectly with no bumps in the road. And God bless them, whoever they are, <laughs> if that exists out there. But there's going to be trials and there's going to be tribulations. But you've got to love that. You've got to enjoy the game. You've got to enjoy the ups and the downs and, and, and know that with every time that you hit a, a, a bump, there's a lesson there. And you've got to be enlightened enough to know that and to understand that. That and not be an emotional roller coaster. Now, that's not saying that you're not going to be down or frustrated uh, or, or there's going to be some doubt that creeps in, uh, but you have to understand it is part of it. You know, it, it is part of the journey to have ups and downs and everything that's ever been a bump for me, I've learned from it and I'm stronger for it now. I'm wiser for it now. Um, and it helps me to be more appreciative and grateful. And that's what I like to take from from being down is it makes me more appreciative or grateful uh, because I could never put into words how grateful I am to be where I'm at right now, opening a facility. Cause I, I know my journey. I sure. know what I've been through. The people around me that are, you know, around me know what I've been through in, in, in my road to this point. With that being said, you have to, to enjoy the journey, embrace the journey. There's going to be bumps in the road and be hyper competitive to get better at, at what you do. And uh, you'll be just fine. That's great perspective. I'm just curious. Did you, in your entrepreneurial journey, did you ever have a moment where you seriously thought about quitting because it was getting too difficult or were you able to just, like you said, kind of hone in on that adversity? You broke up just a little bit. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. I'm, Wondering if in your entrepreneurial journey, if there was ever a moment where you seriously thought about quitting or if you were able to 
hone in on those qualities that you talked about earlier, where you thrive on the adversity. You like learning from trials and tribulations. Did you ever have a moment though, where you said, I don't know if this is going to happen? Yeah. So that I definitely had moments that I thought, wow, is this going to ever happen? But I never really had the moment of, I want to quit or I'm not going to do this anymore because I believed in my talent and my ability as a trainer. Um, and there's so much more of the training than just being knowledgeable, but all of the intangibles and characteristics that it takes to lead an organization and to be a, a sports performance trainer, I felt that I had. And I didn't just feel that I had it because I just felt that way. It was because of years of grinding and affirmation from clients, coaches, parents, colleagues that it, that it, that is giving me the right to feel that way. Uh, a lot of times, especially these days, people are entitled. And sure. They feel like because I'm me that this should happen. No, it, it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> it's not just because you're you or you have a nice smile or because you want it that things happen from you. It's because, one, you have the talent or the ability. And, two, you, 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 know, you work your tail off to accomplish it. And so I always knew that I had the talent or the ability to do it. And I always knew the work ethic was there. And above all, I knew that I had the passion for it. I enjoyed it and I loved it. And I, you know, I would do what I'm doing literally for free. <laughs> I literally would. Now, of course, I'm in business. I have to make money and all right. that stuff with my livelihood. But I would help kids for free. I would go out and coach and, and talk to teams like I do. And I love it. It gives me, um, it's gratifying to me. Uh, because again, I, I had people that did the same for me that inspired and motivated me. So when I see young people that, that had the same dreams as me that are coming along, you know, I, I would, I would do that for free. That's great perspective. And I appreciate you sharing that insight into the entrepreneurial journey specifically because it can be difficult, but it can be attainable too. You just have to have the right mindset as we keep talking about that throughout the course of our conversation today. So. Now, tell me a little bit about you, obviously, and I'm asking this because I I know it's something that's important to you because you've mentioned the family atmospheres and being more than just an athlete. How much of that, that leadership development and that culture building aspect do you get to teach during your training? Because I know a lot of your training is, is physical training with, with athletes, but do you get to do a fair amount of the non-physical aspects as well? Yes. Um, so we we talk about that um, pretty much every session. And again, what I try to pass along to, to my young people is it's it's great to be a good athlete, but it's better to be a good person. Yes. Um, you know, and that and that's what it's about. It, it's so much more to sports. And I was always taught at a young age, like I mentioned before, sports is a vehicle. It's not an end all be all. At some point, everyone's career comes to an end. So it's more important to take the values and the learning tools from sports so you can apply those to your to your life. And again, I always encourage my kids to to have priorities. And to me, sports is not at the top of that priority list. And again, everybody's got a different level of values and they're, you know, that's that's up to them to establish that. But I always try to tell my kids your faith, your God or whatever you believe in, your family, your school, and then sports comes right down underneath there, sure. um, somewhere underneath there. So to I, I harp on that constantly. Uh, I try to pass along all the lessons that I've learned because all of the aspirations that most of my athletes had, I had. You know, they wanted to be high school stars. I had the same. I wanted to be 
collegiate star. I wanted to play professionally. I, I was in their shoes. So I, I know what it's like to be a student athlete. I know the positives, the highs and the lows. I know what it's like to be revered in your school and treated a certain way and, and, and told you're this and that and, and being able to, to people to, to cut corners for you and things of that nature. And so I, I, I try to pass along all of that information to develop them as a person. We have a program that's called Level Up which is specifically designed for at-risk youth uh, that don't have all the opportunities that some of us were, were, were born with. And I really talk to them about decision-making because that is something that usually is a separator between successful people or highly successful people and people that struggle. There's a lot of things in life we, we do not control. We, we don't control our color. We don't control who, where we were born or our parents, but we can control our work ethic. We can control our tenacity. We can control a lot of things, and that comes down to decision-making. And people who make good, positive decisions usually have a great chance of being successful, and, and those that struggle with that decision-making and making good, positive, solid decisions normally will always struggle in life. So we talk a lot about, about decision-making and making sure that we're making decisions that we can be proud of, our family can be proud of, um, and that are going to put us in the best possible place to be successful. And any decision that doesn't do that, we need to question why we're making that decision or, or choice. Absolutely. And to, I guess, expand on that a little bit, I'd like to get a little bit practical if we can. So say you are working with a high school student athlete. So someone that is old enough to understand the consequences of decision-making and understand what it is. Say you're working with somebody and they make the wrong decision or they make a, a negative decision. It's not something that's leading towards a positive result. And to your point earlier about how we shouldn't be defined about how much we fall, it should be how, how we come back from adversity or from tough moments. If you're working with that student athlete or that child, whatever it may be, how do you help them get over that moment of, oh crap, what did I just do? Or that moment of disappointment where they maybe feeling down because they let down their parents or their friends and they didn't realize the the magnitude of their decision and, and how it would affect people. Have you ever had a moment like that where you're working with someone and they, they have a pretty big fall, but you're, you've been able to help them get back up? Sure. Lots. Uh, we, you know, as being a, a, you know, an adolescent or a teenager or a young person, man, you make so many mistakes, you know, but that's what it's for, you know, being young, is about figuring it out. Um, and the only way you can figure it out, you know, is by making mistakes. And what we want to make sure that we condition the young people to do is to be able to learn from those mistakes and use them to make you stronger. Um, also, while making those mistakes is being accountable, because if you're not accountable for your mistakes or your missteps, you will never truly embrace the lesson. And if you don't embrace the lesson, you'll never truly learn everything that you could possibly have learned from it. So it starts with accountability when you make a mistake, saying, hey, I made a mistake. It's on me. This is what I did. You know, I could have handled this better. And this is what I'll do moving forward into the future. Uh, and as long as you can get a young person, first and foremost, to be accountable and not deflect their you know, responsibility, <laughs> Right. which that's a task in itself. <laughs> uh, but uh, you can get them to do that. You're well on your way to making some breakthroughs and making sure they're making positive strides to improve. And again, the goal of any mistake is to not make it again. 
again. But we all make them. It's just part of it. Nobody's immune from the trials and tribulations of life. No one. I don't care how successful you, you've been. The more successful you are, most likely you have even more trials and tribulations on your ascension because you, you've had to do so much to get there. Yes, absolutely. Love that perspective. And thank you so much for sharing that guidance and that expertise. Nate, if somebody wants to learn more about you, learn more about the Performance Center, how can we find you on social media, on the internet? Yeah, so um, you can follow me um, at, at Daniel Sports Performance on Instagram. If you follow me on there, you can definitely shoot me a direct message uh, on there to get in contact with me. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can Google Daniel Sports Performance. Uh, I have a Facebook page as well. You can message me there as well. We'll have a lot of information on the website as well www.danielsportsperformance.com anything that you any questions that you may have you can definitely give me a, a shoot me a message or, or, or give me a call I uh, would love to help you out and uh, if you have any athletes in the Richmond metropolitan area uh, or surrounding areas I would love to have you in and break this new facility in. <laughs> absolutely and I'll make sure I include all of that contact information, all those pages in the show notes. So people who are listening, that's really easy reference for them if they want to just click right over and get in touch with you in any way. But Nate, I have one last question before I let you go. The show is called Dynamic Leaders. And obviously you are dynamic as a leader in your own right, the way that you are working with youths and the way that you are impacting people. So that's why we have you on the show. But I do like to give my guests an opportunity to shout out someone in their life who maybe impacts them in a way that accounts for leadership or just the way that it really makes a significant impact. So do you have somebody that you want to give a shout out to today? Oh, definitely. I've had, I was blessed. I had so many people that were impactful um, along the way growing up. Uh, I had tremendous parents, you know, my mother and father, um, as I had mentioned, my father was a military man and my mother was an educator, uh, a teacher, and then uh, was a guidance counselor. But yeah, uh, I, I, there's so many dynamic leaders that I could give, uh, give a shout out to, but I would definitely start with my mother and father and even more specifically, you know, my father and I mentioned him earlier, but I, I have learned so much about being a leader from my father. He was 20 years in the military and then went on, uh, had another career as a captain of police in Northern Virginia. And watching the way that he inspires and motivates his emotional intelligence when dealing with his troops and with his officers, um, how passionate he is about what he does, his structure, his discipline, watching that growing up every day. Uh, was just so beneficial for me, giving me perspective on life and, and how to be a leader of men and how to impact people and do it in the right way. Um, so I would definitely put my, my father and my mother, and my father especially, right up there uh, with the most impactful people in my life as far as leadership. That's an amazing shout out. And uh, especially with your father, that's what a career. And I just want to say thank you to him for all of his service and protection. That's uh, amazing that after his military career moves into something that is, uh, again, not the safest uh, line of work in the world, but but definitely something that is needed. And we certainly want to acknowledge that and, and appreciate that. So Nate, this has been such a great conversation. And I'm um, really excited for your 
continued success and, and obviously for the, the opening of your new performance center. And, and I'm sure that's going to bring a lot of challenges, but t- totally worth it for the excitement that is coming with it. So can't wait to see how that all turns out for you and follow along, but certainly appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day today to hop on the pod. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.